Superstars come in all different shapes, sizes, and they play different roles, right? So it's like when you're a superstar, you don't necessarily have to be a carbon copy of you, Doc. If you're a hotshot and you think you're a superstar, you're not just hiring a mini-me, right? So what we're looking for is a person that's a superstar in their role. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And we are in the midst of a series. If you are just joining us and you missed the previous episode, please, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. We are in a series identifying the top five associate doctor pitfalls to avoid. We're avoiding them and we're committed to that with you. And that's why we have dedicated five episodes to this. And in our previous episode, we set the frame for this series specifically. And we, the pitfall that we want to avoid, the pitfall number one that we are committed to avoiding is hiring an associate before you have clarity around exactly what you want to accomplish. That was pitfall number one. So go back and make sure you listen to that episode. If you did listen to it, you might want to circle back and listen to it again. We went layers deep. Man, I love that content there, Dr. Stephen, because again, asking the right questions. It starts with asking the right questions and doing them in the right order. And that's what we hit on. It's it's a vision question. It's looking at your Rubik's Cube and starting with vision, not rushing ahead, staying there, slowing down enough to say, what does success look like? And answering the critical questions that we went through in that episode. So please reference back. In that episode, we really set up ourselves to be able to begin the second step really here, the second pitfall to avoid, which is how do I interview, recognize, and hire a rock star associate, Dr. DC? Can I get an amen? How many of you would love to get this right? I wanna, man, this part is painful. I got the first one. I know my objective, Doc. But man, the second one is how do I interview? How do I recognize? And then how do I actually hire a rock star associate doctor? All three of those are stress me out. All three of those feel wildly difficult. And Dr. Stephen, you referenced in the last episode that this is wicked hard. And I would say this is probably the area that feels the most painful to many of you is this piece right here. There's just a lack of understanding and clarity here. This is one, this pitfall right here would be one that I probably every single one of us who's done this before, we fell right down in that pit. <laughs> we kind of got stuck in there, which is, man, how do I even interview these people? How do you do that? And how do you recognize the right DC? How do you, and then once you, if you feel like you've interviewed them well and even recognize them, how do you hire and go through that process? Well, Dr. Steven, this one's huge. This pitfall to avoid is going to be big. But again, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't listened prior to this episode. So just pause this, go back, then listen to this one. Because again, it builds on it. You got to ask the right questions in the right order first to identify who, to get to the idea of being able to answer the question, who is it, so that you can start doing this right. Yeah. And I'm going to pick it up where you left off there by saying it is wicked hard. 
<laughs> That's my Boston coming out when I hear myself say that, but it's wicked odd, <laughs> but it's worth it, man. It's worth it. So we have enjoyed our associate doctor relationships over the years between the two of us. It sounds like we have what 60 something associate doctors. You know, I know in my journey, I was blessed with, and I just had the privilege of having so many superstars work for me. And one thing that I learned is that the superstar is not exactly what you might think. You know, when you hear that expression, people hear it's like always oh, a superstar, right? So it's like, yeah, whether you're talking about a sports team or a band or what have you, like superstars come in all different shapes, sizes, and they play different roles, right? So it's like when you're a superstar, you don't necessarily have to be a carbon copy of you, Doc. If you're a hotshot and you think you're a superstar, you're not just hiring a mini me, right? So what we're looking for is a person that's a superstar in their role. So if you look at a band, you know, somebody's a lead singer, I get it, but there's also somebody on the drums, the skins, the keyboard, the horns, backup singing, maybe on the cowbell, but they're all superstars, right? So you have the right people in the right role, doing the right work, the right way, we like to say. So this is one thing we want to do is we want to double back and play on what we first established or established in that first episode was making sure to understand exactly who you're looking for. And that's going to be based on several factors, right? So it's like, what does success look like to you? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, how does your practice run? What's the practice model? What do you want that doctor to do in that practice, inside of that practice? And where does this relationship go? In other words, how does it end? Where's What's the exit strategy? That's going to inform who you're looking to hire, right? So we want to know all those things before we even start marketing for or looking for an associate doctor, never mind advertising for one, never mind interviewing for one, never mind hiring for one or trying to design a contract or trying to design a compensation plan, which, you know, everybody runs to that end step without taking these first five or six steps, Dr. Pete. And that's why 67% of these relationships fail, right? Which is a terrible statistic. It's simply, we just didn't set it up for success. So if you were building a football team, a professional football team, where are you going to go to find the people you need to put on your team? Where, where are you going to go? You're going to go to the combine. And what you're going to be going there with is a very clear picture in mind, the position that you need to fulfill. So again, this goes back to the, what you just you know, went through very quickly, Dr. Steven, and the questions that, again, we were covering in the previous episode, which was really, how do you want your practice to run with the associate doctor? How does your practice run now with or without associate doctors? And how will your practice run with this associate doctor who you want to bring on? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? Again, taking a football analogy, if we just, our five-star quarterback just retired and we don't have a quarterback, we're going to the combine with one major objective. We need an arm. And not only do we need an arm, but we need an arm that fits with the offense that we run. So we have this offensive coordinator who we just brought on two years ago who signed a five-year contract, and there's a very specific offense that we run. So based on that, that's going to determine who is the type of quarterback that's available. Are you going to get somebody who's just pocket quarterback? Are you going to get a scramble or somebody who can run? It depends on what type of an offense that you run. So when you're considering the avatar for who it is that you're looking for, this goes back to your practice model. It goes back to what you're trying to accomplish. It goes back to the type of practice you have now. Ultimately, what are you trying to create? And what's the, again, it goes back to the end in mind. We start the conversation of interviewing with the end of the relationship in mind, which is an interesting dynamic to walk into an interview process with. But you have to enter into this moment with the end in mind, knowing at some point this relationship will end. How will it end? 
What do we want that to look like? Being clear on that will determine who's the right avatar. It's an interesting concept, Dr. Stephen, to think through, but it's absolutely critical that we think through creating the avatar, identifying the right avatar begins with the end in mind and knowing what is the role that we're looking to fulfill. So not only how will this relationship end, what is it that this role will be made up? What will this position be doing? What will they be accountable for? How will you capture value through your position, your role within the organization? What will that look like? And getting this right, Dr. Stephen, we've identified there's really polar opposites as far as of what, what's needed and what's available and what you might need. And on one end of the spectrum, you have what we call the business builder, which is a very unique person. It's a very unique human being. It's a person with a very specific temperament and set of skills and talents and drive, very unique and specific. And this person needs a very specific relationship with their doctor. They need a very specific setup as far as their role and expectations and agreements and compensation and all of that. That is a very specific person. And then on the other side, you have what we call a caregiver, a very specific person with a very specific temperament and set of skills and behaviors and with very specific objectives and goals and desires and with this very specific set of skills, which who needs specific expectations and agreements. So again, in Cairo Matchmakers, I believe the language that's used is blood typing, right? It's finding the right person that matches what you need. So there is a spectrum of avatars and it's not just one or the other. There is a spectrum, which means on the spectrum of business builder, which you might say is far left and caregiver would be far right. You have a whole spectrum of doctors. Now, none of this was ever communicated to you when you're in chiropractic college. If you're a student, you don't know. It wasn't communicated to you when you came out of chiropractic college and you went into either an associate relationship or you opened a practice. None of this was there. So you were just in many ways kind of trying to figure it out for yourself. And what we've identified, and Dr. Steven, you'll probably unpack this more, that there are chiropractors who are wired to be owners. And there are chiropractors that who are wired to be chiropractors. There are chiropractors who are business builders. There are chiropractors who are caregivers. There's, and there's chiropractors who kind of fall in the middle somewhere as well. And Dr. Stephen, it's so important to get this right because if you can identify who you are and who you're looking for and you get this right, it can go really, really well. Yeah, Dr. P, you're nailing it. And this is probably the stickiest issue there is to recognize that we are hardwired as human beings to behave a certain way, right? It's called cognitive behavior assessments. You can test to see exactly how a person will predictably behave, right? So like you said, some of us are hardwired to be more entrepreneurial in nature, right? So we have more extroversion and more dominance, if you will, just by nature, right? Like literally by nature, that's our nature. Whereas, you know, a majority of human beings are not, you know, hardwired that way. In fact, you know, the research shows that probably 75% of chiropractors are actually hardwired to be caregivers, right? So they're awesome at taking great care of patients. They're doctors. What they're into is taking care of patients, right? They were, you know, we all went to school to become chiropractors really for the same reason, right? So we all wanted to take great care of people, drive better health outcomes for individuals and for families. And about two thirds of the way through school, everybody had sort of this holy crap moment, right? So, and the holy crap moment was, 
wait a minute, for me to actually be a chiropractor, I actually have to learn to not only be a doctor and be a chiropractor, but holy crap, I also, I have to be an entrepreneur. I've got to be a business owner, right? So for 75% of people, 75% of chiropractors, that was a really scary moment. You know, they're like, I don't know if that's what I want to do. I don't know if that's why I got into this. I don't know if I want to be a business owner, right? I'm risk averse, right? So I don't like the idea of having to be the one that make it rain, right? So, you know, this, I don't know if cut out to be somebody who runs a team, runs the marketing, runs the business and has the chops to, to do that. It's just not what I got into this for. I want to take good care of people, educate them, change the way they think about their health potential, their role in that health potential, deliver great healthcare, et cetera. Right. So that's really the caregiver, you know, chiropractor, not just associate doctor, but chiropractor. And about 25% of us we're actually not only hardwired, so we wanted to take care of patients, but we're hardwired to be entrepreneurial as well, right? So we actually were excited about the idea, owning a practice or running a business, et cetera. So it's critically important that we recognize that there is that spectrum, right? And like you said, there's a continuum far left-hand side. These are the people that have to be the boss, right? They have to be the leader. They have to be the one in charge. They have to be the decision maker. They love the risk, right? They love the pressure. They love the stress, frankly, of owning business and businesses, right? So the far right-hand side of the bell curve, these are the doctors that are like, yeah, you know what? I just want to be head down, bum up, taking care of patients. You know, that's the job I want. I want to be a doctor. And then there's somebody right in the middle, right? So the way we divide these is we actually create these avatars, these nicknames, if you will, for these chiropractors. You've got the race car on the far left-hand side. You got the pickup truck on the far right-hand side. And then you got that SUV in the middle, right? So that race car is the person that just has to be the boss. They have to be the person that's lots of horsepower, lots of leadership qualities. They're psyched to take on the risk, et cetera. And that might be you, Doc listening right now. So for our CEOs out there, most likely you're saying to yourself, yeah, that's me. I love that. Right. And then on the far right-hand side of the bell curve, you've got the pickup truck who's like, yeah, you know what? I love going off-road. I've got great carrying capacity. I, got, I love to just to like, I've got great work ethic and man, just put me in coach. Give me the ball. I'd love to take care of these patients, right? They love their technique. They love taking care of patients, right? But they have no interest in being in the front of the room. They want to save the planet, but they want to help you do it, right? They don't want to be the person that owns the business. And then you've got that person in the middle, right? That SUV who's like, you know what? I'm a person that's kind of in between, right? So I've got some horsepower. I'm not quite that race car. I can go off-road. I get some carrying capacity. I got four doors. I'm more flexible, right? And I could go one way or the other, bit more extroverted, bit more dominant, not quite as dominant, right? So this is a person that, and frankly, we can measure for all of these things. It's a big and important part of the process that we do when we're determining exactly who is the right fit for each role in the practice, right? So to understand that we like to hire for personalities, we hire for philosophy, we hire for experience, right? But we fire for behavior. Dr. Pete, it's so critical that we know these people will predictably behave a certain way. We want to make sure that we test this person properly to make sure that we have the right human being to go into the right role so they can do the right work the right way. Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. 
Chiro Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. Yeah, it's absolute gold. And for some reason, I have this vision of who owns both a pickup truck and a race car. And you wonder if they're living in a some level of identity conflict. And they drive a pickup truck, but they also drive a race car. It's so interesting. Literally envisioning just pickup truck driving down the interstate on their trailer, they have their race car. It's like the classic scenario of the entrepreneur, right? He reminds me of somebody named Stephen Franzen. <laughs> so, but when you think about that, like if I think about a pickup truck, they're literally designed for what? Like a pickup truck is designed to haul things, right? It's got a, you've got the carrying capacity. You've got the bed, which you can load with things. You've got on the, the hitch on the back and it's, man, it's designed to be hitching things up to it, man, trailers and whatever it is. And it's meant to be going off the road, onto the dirt, through the rocks, the ups and downs. You don't buy a pickup truck to drive on the road. You buy a pickup truck to take off-road, rugged. So a lot of times if you think about, I love this concept because you think about the dynamic, the power of the pickup truck. We talk about caregiver and we say it and and kind of we say it like that, but think about the ruggedness, the power, the hauling capacity, you know, the dynamic of a pickup truck is amazing. And we are, the majority of our chiropractic profession, it's actually wired, hardwired as pickup trucks. Think about that. This the carrying capacity, hauling capacity, off-road capacity. That's an incredible gift to the world. What an incredible gift to the world that there is a a profession of people who are filled with hardwired people that are designed to, to do that lift, to serve and to make that impact. Talk about building an amazing life for yourself. What an incredible life you can build as that caregiver. It's an incredible gift to the world. It's an incredible gift to your family. It's an incredible gift to yourself to know you're in that position and to do that well. And you should prosper and flourish and experience great abundance in your life because you've identified the fact that you are a pickup truck and you're doing your work and you're doing it well. If you're a pickup truck, man, you need things hooked up to your back. You need things loaded into you. If you're not doing that, you're not going to be fulfilling your purpose. You will not be fulfilled. And that's important to identify that if you bring on a pickup truck and you're the CEO listening to this, you load them up load them up with work, get them to work and use their horsepower, use their power, their strength, their design to do great work. Do that. Use them at their full capacity. The other side, I saw a race car and I'm looking at a race car. I'm like, don't hook anything up to it. Don't hook anything up to it. And don't go off road. You're going to get stuck. Race car, you just see them. It's quick. It's moving. It's going ahead. It's racing around and around. It's willingness to go around the track many, many times and learn a lesson. It's a willingness to go really, really fast and learn to slow down and then go back and go quick again and then stop and having to refuel more often and going through this process of actually you know, taking that risk and going way out ahead and go out in front. Very different type of person. It's a different vehicle. It requires a different type of fuel. It requires a different type of road to ride on. It requires a different type of driver. It has a different mechanic that works on that car. They're just different. And the reality is they're both right. They're both right. And so again, this conversation, Dr. Stephen, about the avatars, just so important to know that every single one of them is right. It's just identifying which one. It's identifying which one are you, Which one do you want to bring on? And again, it goes back to the previous conversation is, what are you trying to accomplish? 
what is the objective? And when you know the objective and what you're trying to accomplish, you can go out and confidently look for that person because they're out there and not settle for less than the right person. Like you said, because if you don't get the right person, you put them in the right seat, meaning the right seat, the seat that you've got designed available, the things that need to get done that ultimately need to be done. You can have them doing that work. What is the right work? Even doing it the right way, meaning you've trained them how to do it. But if it's not the right person, eventually it doesn't work. So we've got to get the avatar right, which is this first right, Dr. Steven, as you said, it's so important. And the way we do that, Dr. Steven, is like you said, through testing the three-legged stool. So let's talk about that. So there's three things, really. Number one is objectively. We've got to get that part right. Number two is subjectively. And subjectively really is that interview process. We're going to talk about that here briefly. And then the third thing is historically. So three parts of the stool to making sure that you do this interview process right, the vetting, what we call the vetting process right. We're thorough here. So three things. Number one is objective. Number two is the subjective. And then the three is the historical. Dr. Steven, it's so important that we see all three legs and get these right. Yeah. As you were describing, you know, I know you were giving me an elbow in the ribs there, like who would have a sports car and a pickup truck, but it's the right tool for the right job, right? Dr. Pete, I mean, ultimately if I'm going to go surfing, you know, guess what? I'm grabbing the Tundra, right? So my sports car would be useless. It'd be a liability if I was trying to take Sam and Emma and Camilla and we're throwing the family in the gear, you know, in the back of the car, you know, roof down, boards hanging out of it, falling as though we were zipping down the highway. It would be the wrong tool for the job, right? So it all depends on, again, what are you trying to get accomplished, right? So you want to have the right person in the right seat, doing the right work the right way, so you have to know exactly what do I want this person to do in the practice, right? So it goes all the way back to exactly what are you trying to accomplish? What is the practice model? What is their role in the practice going to be? That, And then how is, does the relationship end? That's an important part of it because it informs the avatar or the person that you're looking for. You know, am I looking for a pickup truck? Am I looking for the sports car? Or am I looking for an SUV? Each one of these has a very specific role to play and a very specific model that they're going to flourish and prosper and succeed in, you put the wrong avatar in the wrong model, it's going to be pain. It's going to be suffering and it's going to be failure and expense and everyone loses. It's the lose, lose, lose. So it's critical that you know what you're doing when you're going into this interviewing process. Like you said, there's the objective testing we do. Then there's the subjective testing that we do. And then there's the historical assessment that we do. So that objective testing, first thing you got to do is you've got to test to make sure that they are the right avatar. In other words, they're the right blood type, right? So we do a series of tests, cognitive testing, effective testing, cognitive testing. The cognitive testing is the most important one here because it predicts how are they going to behave in that role, right? Like I said, we hire for personality, philosophy, experience, but we fire for behavior. I want to know before I hire somebody, how are they going to behave, right? That's the power of doing the objective test and doing it first because we don't want to interview anyone who's not the right blood type. Pete, I might like you. You may like me. I might need a kidney transplant. You might be willing to give me a kidney transplant, but if we're not the right blood type, we're both screwed, right? So what we first thing we would do is make sure that we have the right hardwiring, the right blood type before we even subjectively assess them. In other words, interview them. So you want to screen people first, make sure that you have the right person for that right role. So we don't make the mistake of falling in love with that person. And during that subjective interview process, I was the worst at this. My team would never let me interview people 
until it came down to like the last two candidates. And then I just got a vote. I didn't even get to say I was just a vote because I'm a chiropractor. I'm a lover and I'm a fixer. I love everyone and I think I can fix anyone. So I'm a terrible interviewer. That's why we had to develop this process. So objectively assess them, only interview the people that are the right fit, follow a very specific set of questions. And you know what those answers need to be for the role that you're trying to fill. And that's part of our interview process. It's critical that you do this right. We have a very specific set of questions that have very specific answers. And those answers, we're looking for very specific answers for each role, depending on what you're trying to accomplish in your practice. And then once you've gotten the other side of that hump, then it's starting looking at the historical assessment. And of course, that means doing the background check, doing the credit score, making sure that you speak to, most importantly, their references. Who have they worked with? Who have they worked for before? And there's a very specific way to ask those references about this person and the role that they're trying to fill specifically. So that's maybe a conversation for a different day. Dr. Pete, like I said, this is wicked hard to do, right? But it is possible. There is a system and we'd love to help you do it. The juice is worth the squeeze. Listen, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, man, I am ready to bring on an associate doctor. I can hear the detail in this and I know that I don't want to screw it up. If I do, man, I'm going to be one of those lose, lose, lose. One of those 67% that went sideways, man. And that's painful and expensive. It's bad for everyone, especially for chiropractic but I know that there's a way to do this right. I want the win, win, win. If we can help you with that, we would love to. There's a link down here below if you want to jump on a call with us. We can talk this down. There are so many questions that need to be answered before you take make a move on this. If you already have an associate doctor in place and you're like, man, I need to write this ship. Either they're underproducing or I feel like the relationship's going sideways or frankly, I don't know where the relationship's going. We'd love to help you with that as well. Let's jump on a call. Dr. Pete, this is number two in a five-part series. We're getting after it. Super excited. Thank you so much for joining us here today, guys. Thanks for engaging in the Remarkable CEO podcast. If you know somebody who is in the same place and they're thinking about bringing on an associate doctor or they're struggling with theirs, please refer them to this podcast. We would love it to expand our reach and our audience. We want to be able to help more people help more people. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.